0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Pastoral Applications from our Sunday sermon. So uh, we are going to be looking at Ephesians chapter 4, which was preached Sunday, December the 6th, 2020, by yours truly. And I'm going to start off by reading the text. We will ask some questions about it. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 10, or verse 11 is where I'll start. And he personally gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors or shepherds, and teachers for the training of the saints in the work of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's Son, growing into a mature man with a stature measured by Christ's fullness. Then we will no longer be little children tossed by the waves and blown around by every wind of teaching by human cunning with cleverness in the techniques of deceit. But speaking the truth in love, let us grow in every way into him who is the head, Christ. From him, the whole body, fitted in it together by every supporting ligament, promotes the growth of the body for building up itself in love by the proper working of each individual part. Ephesians chapter 4, and this is the Holman Bible. If any of you were a little caught off guard by the uh, wording and some of that a little different from the english standard version which is what we usually preach from but anyways welcome mr josh what questions do you have for us today
1: yeah thanks for having me um yeah so uh when you were preaching this past sunday you kind of started off talking about discipleship and before you really got into the uh, the text and um you said that you believe that discipleship begins before conversion to Christ. And then you went through the whole chart of, you know, it starts uh, spiritually dead and it goes all the way to, to parent. Um, right. So my question for you is uh, I know we, we've kind of been talking about this the last couple of weeks, pretty good depth, but, but how do you disciple a non-believer? Like what does that look like?
0: Yeah, that's a, that's a really, really good question. And uh, and something that I'm convicted over, you know, um, when you look at evangelism and discipleship through the same lens, which is what I think the Bible gives us, um, we find a much simpler method. Uh, we think of evangelism as this um, sort of proclamation, while discipleship is just teaching. Um, but really, there's there's no difference, right? So if you were wanting to disciple someone, you'd probably get together with them, read the Bible, and ask them about their life, you know, and ask questions about the about what you read in the Bible. And so I think, you know, good evangelism uses the Bible. (laughs) You teach people the word. Um, And and it's interesting, you know, if you watch some of uh, Jeff Durbin, you know, I like, I know you like Jeff Durbin, um, the Apologia Ministries, as they're doing their evangelism on the streets. They're holding unbelievers to the standard of God and basically pointing up their lives to the text, which is what discipleship is. You're saying, this is who you are, you know, a sinner, woe is me. Um, and, and then here's what the word says, here's the fullness of, of Christ, you know, the measure that we are to put ourselves up against, and we'll find that nobody, of course, is, is reaching the full measure of God, the full measure of Christ, and so I think evangelizing a non-believer is, is the same thing, um, you know, if, if you are um, seeing someone who's, who's living in sin as an unbeliever, most likely is, um, whether they uh, have a girlfriend or a boyfriend that they're living with, and there's, there's regular uh, intercourse or immorality there um, or, you know, something else. But I think that's a common one, right? Um, you would have to call them out and say, you know, this is sin. And the full measure of Jesus Christ calls us away from these things and into morality um, and of course that can't be achieved, but by the blood of Jesus who makes us righteous. And so you get to, to point people's sin out, um, which is very difficult, but it's supposed to show them that they're broken and that they need a savior. Uh, and then when you're discipling people, you're, you're doing the same thing. You're just reading the word with them and, and saying, you know, here's where our lives don't ma- match up and we have to look like the word. Um, <clears throat> so really good question. and something I, I need to get better at. You know, I've found that um, in my discipleship relationships, they are always the most sweet and fruitful when I'm just reading the Bible with people. Uh, and I've thought about it a lot during this sermon. Why don't I read the Bible with unbelievers? It may be strange to say, "Hey, would you like to read the Bible with me?" Have you ever read the Bible? Um, but think about your own life. You know, I've got a good friend of mine who um, was asked by a, a friend of his to read the gospel of john and report back you know and so he read the gospel of john and he read it seven times and then on the seventh time he was born again he was convicted of his sin and realized who jesus was and so why aren't we calling unbelievers to read the bible you know god has given us his 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 word to wake people up and so in the same way i think um discipleship evangelism work together by the word and the spirit to wake people up or to um um Help people grow in sanctification. Anyways, that was a long answer. Uh, but I think just reading the Bible with people, pointing out people's
1: sin, pointing them to Jesus, the same thing we do in discipleship. I think I that's think really good. I mean, it's almost like we, uh, we believe that, uh, well, we obviously believe that preaching, the proclamation of the word on Sundays, you know, faith come by hearing, hearing by the word of God, that God brings spiritual life to people through the preaching of his word. Right, but it's almost like we divorce that some way when it comes to, um, like we don't. It's almost like we don't believe that the word of God applies to people until they're Christians, right? Rather than than Christ having authority over all people everywhere. That's right. Um, yeah, yeah, I think it's really good. Um, so you moved from that to talking about talking about uh, spiritual gifts, and uh, I, I have, I thought I'd ask you three questions about spiritual gifts. I'll just ask you uh, one at a time, though, but. Okay. You know, you talked about. Um, you said something along the lines of, you know, it's a tragedy whenever um, the pastor is the only one shepherding, mm-hmm. or it's a tragedy when uh, missionaries um, are, are the only ones doing evangelism, right? Sunday um, school teachers the only ones teaching, mm-hmm. those kind of things. So um, the first question I have regarding spiritual gifts is, how does someone know? what their particular gifting may be that God has given them. And you talked about this a little bit in your sermon and you you answered to some. I thought I might let you elaborate on that a little bit more.
0: That's really good. Um, you know, it kind of reminds me of, um, in a uh, more specific sense, when I was battling and working through a call to ministry, the Lord was calling me to uh, be a pastor. Um, I needed uh, three, I think it was three criteria met um, that I found really helpful. Um, one was a personal conviction within myself that, um, I feel like I would almost be sinning, you know, if I did not move forward with this, like, um, there's, there's, there's an inner working in me that that I can't ignore, you know? Uh, secondly, is, um, do I have other people in my life who can look at me and say, yes, you know, I affirm that in you—that affirmation from others—that says, uh, you know, you, you you do have this gifting, and we would happily not refer you and and put you together with you know, um, so so other people see that in you and are willing to admit it. Um, and then the third one, I think maybe I've forgotten now, um, but I think it was um, kind of the same thing. Um, but in a spiritual way, uh, spiritual affirmation. Uh, so not only do you have this longing and this desire, um, but maybe that's wrong. I can't, well, at least there's two. (laughs) I'm kind of forgetting what the third one is. That doesn't sound right. But, um, this, you know, inner desire, um, that I can't avoid and people around me are saying, yes, I see this in you. There's at least two. I'll think of the third one later. Uh, but I think that's the same thing for our spiritual gifts. Um, you know, so maybe you have this inclination that is coming from the spirit to love someone, to shepherd someone's soul, to care for another believer, to evangelize the lost, to teach in the body of Christ, uh, these various gifts that are given for discipleship. Um, you might have that feeling, but it's also good to have someone come alongside you and say, yeah, you know, I, I see this in you too. Let's, let's hone your skills. Let's make them better. You know, let's sharpen you. Um, and, uh. And so I think that that's kind of and there are there are spiritual gift tests out there, right, which can be helpful. Sometimes they're a little gimmicky. Um, I have taken good ones, though. Uh, I've got a really good one um, that I used to try to give to people uh, for, for things like this. Um, that's a little bit less, you know, kitschy. Like, do you like kids? Maybe you should be in the kids ministry. Do you like music? Maybe you should be in the music ministry. You know, that's, that's it. Like, no, but, but actually looking at the gifts of the Bible, apostling and shepherding and teaching and um, you know, the, these, these sorts of gifts that the Bible talks about uh, and Romans 12 uh, has a list as well and 1 Corinthians 12. So those would be good texts to go and study um, additional gifts. And, and when we see Paul listing gifts in any of his letters, We need to understand that these aren't all encompassing gifts like Paul is now listing all the gifts. Here they are. You better take note. There's only five, you know, or take note. There's only 10. There's no more uh, other gifts than that. Uh, No, the the gifts of the Holy Spirit are wide and they vary from person to person. Uh, And I think the Lord does uniquely gift us in a way that fits our personality and our context and where we are and how we can serve the body of Christ uh, today, you know, so uh pray a lot uh ask the lord what might be your gifting um and then ask others what do you see in me sometimes it's hard to sort of find the right vernacular and the right words to sort of talk about how you're gifted to serve the body um so um yeah i I think you want to find that inner uh, desire in yourself then ask others for help as well uh, cause I did talk about telling others if, if you see a gift there, right? So you want to be on the, the, the giving end of that. You, you also might see that in someone else and go and tell them, Hey, you know, brother or sister, I, I really see this in you. And I think you should be more confident and not, uh, shy away from using that gift. Anyway, so, uh,
1: that's just one question out of three. So <laughs> what what else you got? Um, yeah, I think that's good. Um, I really, I really the the part about, um, Uh, other people affirming it in you and that's really important um that's all it's really good yeah so this is kind of the opposite of that question but so let's say someone is not particularly gifted in a certain area um it's not you know god has not given them this gift whatever it may be Mm -hmm. uh does this give them the excuse to not exercise that muscle if you will Mm -hmm. um if that makes any sense. So are, are you saying that Christians should only work within the framework of where they give to that, or should they exercise other gifts as well? Even if they're necessarily gifted at it. Right. Yeah. And
0: this is where it gets complicated. Um, and, and we have obviously seen people talk about this isn't my gifting. And so I'm going to stay away from that area. Um, and what's great about the body of Christ is that the way the Lord has designed it is that there should be gifts in the body to meet every need. And so if there is a need that is not being met, it's because somebody with a spiritual gift is not fulfilling it. Uh, now, just because you're the one who's not meeting that need doesn't mean, oh, it might be me, you know, I'm in, I'm in sin. Um, that's not necessarily what it means, but it could mean that. Um, I think when it comes to fulfilling those needs in the body, we, think, we, we probably want to think less about where am I not gifted and think about how can I use the gifts of the spirit, the, um, the fruit of the spirit, I mean, you know, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Each of us are gifted these things um, and they are useful for the body. Now, like you said, I, I like your vernacular, uh, the different muscles. Uh, some of them might be a little bit stronger than others. Uh, and so that's a great way to think of it. Even though there's a need here that maybe you don't have a strong muscle, you know um clearly the body is hurting because that needs not being met so maybe even for a season until the lord raises up someone else or deals with someone about you know uh, a gifting or a, a need that needs to be met in the body until they they do come along uh, you know you you want to use your whole body as a spiritual sacrifice to the lord you know not just one part where you think you're gifted and and that you know i think it's tough um when people have specific ministries in the church sometimes um, I'm the music person, you know, I'm the, uh, I I lead this committee, you know, and, and so they sort of think that's their only job. That's their only role and they have no other purpose for the body. And that's, that's just not true. You know Um, you're, you're, you're a person, you're not a, an office, you're a person. And so when we treat each other like people and recognize that there are varying gifts at varying different times, Uh, for the body Um, and I think that I don't know if if you agree or everybody agrees but I think that gifts can also come and go for a season Um, so you may be able to meet that need for a time like I said and someone else can come in uh, or vice versa you might find that when that there's a need in the body you might think well I'm not gifted there but the Lord works that in you you know and gives you that 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 gift uh, for a time and I've seen our people grow uh, people who I would not have seen gifted in certain ways the last four years have grown because a lot of people have left and they've sort of been forced into different roles to, to help and serve and support the body so um, yeah I, I wouldn't immediately jump to making excuses I would say you know what can I do we, we should never be thinking what you know shouldn't
1: I be doing but what can I do Right, yeah. And I think uh, just off the top of my head, I think almost and you can verify this or you, maybe it's wrong, but um, almost all the gifts that God gives the people in the, in the church, mm-hmm. um, almost all of them have a command in scripture for all people to do yeah, someplace some place or another. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, for example, uh, just take the, 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 the easy one here, you know, uh, is evangelism. Like you might not be gifted necessarily at being an evangelist, mm-hmm. but we're all commanded to share the gospel. We're all commanded to make disciples. So uh, just like like I, you shared in your sermon about um, uh, you love that we're all doing the Hoosier one. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not, ever, not everyone in, in the church is going to be necessarily gifted with this to, you know, have great flowy words when they're talking to people about the gospel, be able to, to articulate as perfectly. Mm-hmm. They might stumble, all, you know, often or whatever it may be, but the great thing is, you know, all people are commanded to do it, right. and so I think there's a place for that uh, for for us, obviously being faithful to what God calls us to do, but also exercising the specific gifts He's given us within the church, mm-hmm. um, functioning together as a body. That's right. Yeah, and I think that I would really encourage
0: anyone who's listening to be flexible um you might think that you don't have a certain skill set um but that that shouldn't be a reason to withhold your body for service you know to withhold yourself from from servicing the body um you know brother uh nathaniel you know uh he probably wouldn't be want me calling him out too much but um you know when when he first came to main street he he just saw that there was a void in the sound booth um and he loves to tell me, I, I don't know what I'm doing. You guys act like I know what I'm doing, but I don't. You know, um, he, He's not like a, a real big computer guy and AV tech. You know, He's not one of those computer nerds, um, but he's willing to learn and he has worked hard to make sure that the service is fluid and to serve the body in that way. And so I think that only happened because he was flexible and was willing to listen to the spirit when there was a void. Um, and so I think the same can happen. Uh, all across the body in little, little ways like that. So be flexible.
1: It's good. And so the last question I have, um, this was an interesting question I was thinking about, but I think that so many people and you might disagree with this. I don't know, but I feel like so many people, when they, when they come to a church, they um, have this idea in their mind that they're looking like, they're looking for the church to kind of operate like a business, if you will, mm-hmm. where, you know, they have like the evangelism team and like the, the uh, I don't know, the, the, the care team and all this stuff. Like if you have a spiritual a spiritual gift, like there's a place for you specifically to serve in that body, it's organized, They it you're going to certain places, you have everything going the way it's supposed to go. Um, but oftentimes they come to a church like our church where we don't necessarily have all the, you know, we don't have the organization structure there, for example, but we still have so many places for people to serve we just don't, you know, how, how do you work through that where you might not have a designated task for people to do, but you still want them to exercise the spiritual gifts that God's given them? Yeah,
0: that's excellent. Um, you know, I'm actually in the process of updating our church website um, from the replant meeting uh, that we had Sunday. We talked a lot about how people find our church and uh, some questions people might have and what sort of, you know, I guess, first impressions we give and different things like that. And so uh, we talked a little bit about the website and sort of getting it freshened up and more visitor friendly. It hasn't, hasn't been changed much the last couple of years. And so uh, one of the things I would encourage you all to go check, check it out and see, I've made some pretty major updates. But uh, one of the things I'm looking working on is a connect page. Uh, so, you know, cause one of the things we talked about in our meeting is where do people go from here? You know, your first Sunday, do they know what to do next? What happens next Sunday? Um, how do they get plugged in? How do they become a part of the body. And, um, so, you know, i put on the website that we are unapologetically a relationship driven church. Uh, so when you come to our church and you're asking, Hey, how can I get involved? We're not going to point you to programs, but we're going to point you to people. We're going to point you to Josh. Josh needs encouragement. Do you have the gift of encouragement? Uh, and so we're going to point you to relationships. Um, we want to sort of knit people's hearts together. We want to be professional matchmakers. Um, and this is why we want people to be in each other's lives connected 24-7, because you're not going to use the gifts if you're not in each other's lives. Um so, you know, you have the gifts of, gift of generosity, um, you, you want to love on someone, and we've got people in need, you've got the gift of teaching, we need people who, um, uh, we, we've got many people who need to be discipled, um, and, and we can point you to different opportunities there, um, and so, you know, we, we want to continue to say to say that, that people is our ministry, not, um, you know, various Committees and, and programs and things like that. And that sounds uh, awkward and strange, and like you said, different from the way a business is run. Uh, but the church isn't a business, the church is people, the church is a family. And so, um, when we proudly show that we're a family and welcome others into the family and show them where they can serve in the family, uh, I think we, we actually end up with a much healthier, organic. Type of church that looks more like the New Testament. So that's what we're that's what we're striving for. Uh, now that's not to say that it's not helpful to have committees or groups. Sometimes it is certainly helpful. We have a replanting team right now. You know, am I contradicting myself? Um, you know, there there are times where we just need uh, th- that organization. Um, you know, we don't want the body to be confusing and chaotic. Organization is good and helpful, uh, and that's in fact a spiritual gift. If you are a very organized person, I could use your help. Um, you know, so, uh, if you're listening to this, so anyways, um, hopefully that answers your question a little bit. Um,
1: yeah, I think, I think that's great. Um, I know that's, that's a really big issue. A lot of times is people come in and they just, they want to know where they can go to do certain things. And, and um, you know, I, I think that you hit it on the nail on the head and you talked about in the sermon too, that we're not, we don't want to focus on programs and adopt the ways of the world in that sense. Yeah but we want to focus on people.
0: Everybody should be thinking about the discipleship wheel 24 seven. Where am I at? And where am I helping others at, you know, where are other people around me at and how can I help them get to the next level? Um, that is the ministry of the church <laughs> to make disciples. And so it's, it's much simpler than we make it out to be. Anyways. Um, I've got a question for you as we wrap it up here, Josh. Oh. You ready for this? It's a big one. Okay. Got your theology hat on.
1: Maybe. Okay. <laughs> What's your favorite Christmas hymn? Oh goodness. Um, <laughs> um my favorite Christmas hymn is probably. I hope I get the name right. Solidia Gloria.
0: Okay, <laughs> a weird one. I don't know. It. <laughs> oh, oh, you mean um glow. Hey, mother, that's one of my favorite Christmas
1: names.
0: Okay. What is that song called? I don't know. Somebody in here is going to know. <laughs> it is a good one. Um, Shepherds, Why This Jubilee. Why Your Joyful Songs Prolong or something like that. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. I just think, honestly, I just love the the, uh, the rhythm of it. I mean, it's such a great song. I just, I just love it.
0: Yeah, it's one of those you can belt out. Yeah, it is. How
1: it's
0: about true. you? good um yeah good question i uh, you know old holy night i'm really surprised by every year that it has great lyrics it's hard to sing because of some of the high songs it's not really a congregational song but um we we have a part of it on our church sign right now a thrill of hope the weary world rejoices you know um and uh long lay the world in sin and error pining you know Till he appeared and the soul found its worth. Like, wow, that gives you chill bumps, you know? Uh, and I think of um, uh, uh, joy to the world. Mm-hmm. Um, he comes to make his blessings flow as far as the curse is found. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, you know, mm-hmm. if that don't light you up. Uh, so many good Christmas songs that we're singing this time of year. And, I'm still
1: writing my hymns. huh? <laughs> I said, I'm still learning my hymns. You're
0: still learning your hymns,
1: yeah. There's good ones, man. All right. I mean,
0: but <clears throat> Cool, cool. Why well, we wrap it up here? Thank you all for tuning in. We love you. And come to Church Sunday, and we'll talk more about Christmas. Looking at the book of Hebrews, chapters 1 and 2. Long ago, the prophet spoke, but now, in these latter days, he has spoken through his son. Y'all have a great week.